Today is November the 10th. Does God even care about our politics? Let's find out together as we read the first chapter of Amos. So I mentioned yesterday that the first section of the book of Amos uh, Amos talks about uh, seven neighbors of Israel, and then he talks about Israel itself. Now, the uh, first six neighbors goes from chapter 1, verse 3, to chapter 2, verse 3. We'll not read all of that. We'll just kind of uh, summarize what's going on here. Six times here, as he talks about Israel's neighbors, he uh, follows a very specific formula. Now, uh, the New Living Translation, uh, just one example of this. The people of Damascus have sinned again and again. I'll not let them go unpunished. They beat down my people in Gilead as grain is threshed with iron sledges. So I'll send down fire on King Hazel's palace, and the fortresses of King Ben-Hadad will be destroyed. I'll break down the gates of Damascus and slaughter the people in the valley of Avin. I'll destroy the ruler in Beth Eden, and the people of Aram will go as captives to Kir, says the Lord. Amos follows a specific formula. The first thing he says, he literally says, for three sins of whoever and for four. This is Hebrew poetry. In Hebrew poetry, it's not about rhyme. It's sometimes about numerical succession. If you name a certain number in the first line, you add one to that number in the second line. So for three sins of Damascus and for four, the New Living Translation correctly says, Damascus sins and sins and sins and keeps on sinning. The second part of the formula. The prophet says that God says, I will not revoke its punishment. Um, it's interesting here. God is not presented as the author of the punishment. Rather, punishment will happen as the natural progression of what they've done. God says, I won't stop it. The third element, here's what they did. The Hebrew particle because introduces that. And the actual sin is always very short until you get to the country of Israel. Then it's about three chapters long. The next element, fire. In each case, because of their sin, God will send fire on them. In a few of the cases, he goes beyond the fire. That's what he does here with Damascus. He talks about enemies who will come to carry them away. Not always, but in four of the six cases. And then finally, Amos always finishes with, Thus says the Lord. That's what the Lord says. <laughs> um, secondly, the eight nations. 
Two of the nations are to the north, Damascus and Tyre. Uh, cities that at this time represent city-states. So the name of the city is actually the name of the nation. One nation to the southwest, Gaza. Two, uh, one nation to the southeast, that's Edom. Two nations to the east on the other side of the River Jordan, Moab and Ammon. And then finally, at the start of chapter 2, Judah, the nation to the south. Now the sins that are mentioned are worth looking at. First of all, in the second half of 1-3, the sin of Damascus is that they beat down my people in Gilead as grain is threshed with iron sledges. Damascus will be punished because uh, when they warred with Israel, they went farther than they needed to. Verse 11, the second half of that verse, the people of Eden have sinned again and again. They won't let them, I won't let them go unpunished. They chased down their relatives, the Israelites, with swords, showing them no mercy, and they're raged. They slashed them continually and were unrelenting in their anger. So in war, both Edom and Damascus went farther than they needed to in defeating Israel. Gaza 1.6, the second half of that verse, says they sent whole villages into exile, selling them as slaves to Edom. Then again, in verse 9, the second part of that says they broke their treaty of brotherhood with Israel, selling whole villages as slaves to Edom. This is what Tyre to the north, uh, actually the northwest, and Gaza to the southwest did. They took Israelites captive and sold them into slavery. Verse 13b, in talking about Ammon, when they attacked Gilead to extend their borders, they ripped open pregnant women with their swords, the atrocities of war. And then finally, in the first verse of chapter 2, Moab, they desecrated the bones of Edom's king, burning them to ashes. They desecrated the graves of former kings of Edom. Now the interesting thing here is Five out of these six refer to Israel or Judah. In five out of these six cases, the Lord is saying, you attacked my people. But in the sixth, he's saying, you committed an atrocity against someone who's not even my people, Edom. But you burned the bones of the kings of Edom. Does God care about our politics? 
Yeah, he does. But not necessarily in the way that you think. God is not Republican or Democrat. God is not Libertarian. God sits above our politics. And he calls us to judge our politics on the basis of plain, simple morality. We need to do more of that. God watches how we live. So today, as you listen to the news, take Scripture with you. Evaluate what politicians are doing, both the ones you voted for and the ones you voted against. Evaluate how they're doing in light of Scripture. You may be surprised at what you find. Like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll answer the question, is it ever right to disobey?